JFK said that the one unchangeable certainty is that nothing is certain or unchangeable, whilst Beverly Rubik said that you can recognise a pioneer by the arrows in his back. On this episode of the History of Advertising podcast, we are looking at pioneering ads, which have tried to change the conversation around gender and stereotypes. I took over the Lynx effect, which is quite a challenging brand for a woman to host. Rosie Arnold is a creative who has worked on some of the biggest ad campaigns in recent memory. And for anyone who isn't aware, the Lynx effect is a series of ads which show geeky men suddenly transformed into sex magnets with a simple spray of deodorant. The campaign has featured the likes of Jennifer Aniston, Kelly Brook and Ben Affleck. Here, Rosie explains the challenges she faced in taking over the campaign. There was a fine line. We were actually advertising to mums because mums tended to buy the deodorant for their 13-year-old sons. So it was a sort of interesting audience because it was women and young men. So it had to be, you know, it had to be funny enough that the mums weren't going to be offended, but sexy enough that the boys would like it. And there was, you know, it's based on a real truth that, you know, actually, um, if, if you least feel you're sort of groomed, you smell nice, you're probably, you know, in with a bit of a chance and being a complete smelly so-and-so. Another challenge Rosie faced was in how to produce an ad which moved the Lynx effect away from over-sexualised imagery. The one thing that really kind of changed for me was I did an ad called Ideal Woman, which was the camera point of view, as if the camera was the boy. So it was beautiful woman looking at the camera, um, putting up with all sorts of bad behaviour, which I felt as a woman made me laugh because it was recognising that as women you do say silly things if you fancy somebody. But actually, um, there is no way in a million years that ad would have worked reversed. Do you know what I mean? So if it had been a woman's point of view, you, you wouldn't get men saying, I could listen to you talking about sewing, sewing all day long because you just go, yeah, you're being sarcastic, aren't you? Whereas men actually look at it and believe it. So that, made, that sort of made me laugh so much. So it was sort of a secret little revenge for all the years of bad chat up lines and bad behavior so I think I've got a line where the camera moves down to look at her breasts and she goes how nice you've noticed my breasts (laughs) so that was years of fun of you know um dodgy lines in the past so I really enjoyed that hi you're not late it's it's my watch it's always fast you look so sexy playing air guitar oh nice you noticed my breasts no. If I'd wanted foreplay, I would have asked for it. That's okay. You'll remember my birthday next year. Nach dem Sex läuft bei mir gar nichts mehr. She meant nothing to you? Well, if you put it that way, I forgive you. Of course you can have some money for a lap dance. That is so funny. I collect comic books too. Ti prego, parami di calcio. Can I ask you a question? Do you mind if my best friend joins us? Rosie and her team at ad agency BBH continue to subvert expectations with a follow-up ad from Lynx called Getting Dressed, which won four silvers at D&AD and a gold Can Lion Award in the mid-noughties. This wordless ad features Israel Kanaka Vivole's version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It starts with a couple waking up in bed and follows them on a journey through the city as they pick up their abandoned clothes from the night before, 
trousers on a fence, a top draped around a traffic light, shorts in a road. The ad ends with them back where they first met, at the supermarket. In that ad, actually, if you look at it on the page, it's really about a one night stand. So it's about a couple that meet in a supermarket and spend the night together. And had that not been told as beautifully and as sympathetically and in the way it was, it would have been very crass. I mean, all you have to do is imagine that she gets picks up her lacy thong from the floor rather than her big pink knickers or, you know, and it would have been a completely different ad. Um, and that was the very talented and much lamented Ring and Ledwich um, who shot that. And I'm really proud of it because it sort of turned the corner for the brand from being just a sort of a bit of a joke and a teenage boy joke into possibly talking about finding love. Rosie is no stranger to helping brands turn corners, including Maltesers. In 2016, the chocolate brand partnered with agency AMV BBDO to launch a series of ads that championed diversity and disability called Look on the Lighter Side. The ads were initially developed in response to a Channel 4 competition called Superhumans Wanted, which offered £1 million worth of free commercial airtime for brands which centred disability. The Maltesers' ads were inspired by real-life stories from disabled people and aimed to celebrate awkward situations, such as this one, which features a wheelchair-bound woman describing how having a spasm during sex thrilled her boyfriend. <laughs> so, uh, new boyfriend... Right. And we are back at his, getting a little... Uh, frisky. Don't frisky. <laughs> My hands may have been uh, wandering slightly. Mm -hmm. Go on. And then I start having a spasm. No. Which he misinterprets. Oh, so awkward. <laughs> he was a good lady. <laughs> You're so bad. That's what he said. <laughs> the ads were a huge success. The one we just heard broke 2 million YouTube views within the space of 24 hours. In May 2017, Michelle Oliver, Vice President of Marketing at Mars UK, told the magazine Campaign that the ads were the most successful campaign for an 80-year-old brand that we've had for over a decade, and that it broke through all the barriers that Maltesers was facing. On the back of that, that really altered the course of um, Maltesers advertising, and I was leading it, I was very keen to keep it as a sort of a challenging brand. So to pick up issues and, and in real British sense of humour way, make light of them and make a point by, you know, making light of them. Because I think that's how we handle a lot of diversity, isn't it? By making it, by normalising it. Part of Rosie's approach as a creative director is to try and get her team to think about ideas that they can execute as quickly as possible. I think there's always a, you know, there's always a sort of, injection of life in a creative department if somebody gets something out quickly or it's different or it's fresh and particularly in the current day where campaigns can take so long that it's quite depressing sometimes being a creative you know you can work on something for a year and nothing happens so I sort of started this initiative where we just asked all the departments to think of ideas that might be tactical um, and that we could get away quickly and actually that there was a young girl team that came up with this idea for Maltesers as a braille poster to coincide with um, International Blind Day. So we took a poster sites around um, the Blind Association and um, there were special sites where you could feel the poster and they were actual size and we had it so they made, felt exactly like Maltesers so you could read the poster which was in braille but there's also an oral um, 
contingent so that if you were in the bus stop you hear what the quote said and they were funny quotes about um you know a blind person getting on a um uh fire engine instead of a bus and various things like that and they were they were really there were real lines from real blind people so we were very careful that we didn't sort of put words into their mouth literally as a follow-on to the maltesers looking at the lighter side campaign there was another big taboo that rosie wanted to break at the time I was really struggling with the menopause and, you know, it seemed to be one of the last places that people didn't want to go or didn't want to talk about. And I even found saying the word was awkward and embarrassing. So I made a point of saying the word menopause as often as I could. <laughs> you know, so like if I was boiling in a meeting and, and, and you know, in the past, you'd always like be a bit shy and you know, try to take the jump off without anybody noticing and then it goes on again. And and, then, and and I just decided the best thing to do was like, I'm really sorry, I'm having a menopausal hot flush. You know? And people were horrified, you know, you just couldn't go there and say it. But I just thought the more I say it, the more normal it will be. So then we thought, well, let's make sure that we get that message out there and um, put it in an ad, which we did. We wrote a lot of scripts and had a lot of fun, but it was just... I was proud of that because I think that was probably the first time anybody actually overtly referred to the menopause in an ad. And, it's, and it seems so normal now that you could do that. But even just, you know, a few years ago, it was still a little bit, you know, out there. And here is the ad in question. Come on, we've heard the rumours. Well, all right. There I was, mid-work presentation, Tim and the rest of the team sitting opposite me. <laughs> I know. Suddenly, I'm boiling. Another flush. So I whipped off my jumper, flapping madly to cool down. I'd only taken off all the layers, hadn't I? All of them. All of them. Full beam. No. So, there you have it. Whether you're a sniftastic deodorant or a delicious chocolate product, there is always the opportunity to challenge stereotypes and push for better representation. The History of Advertising podcast was presented by Jack Meggett Phillips and featured contributions from Rosie Arnold. The programme was produced by Jane Jarvis and Jack Meggett Phillips. To explore their online catalogue and find out more about the History of Advertising Trust and the work they do, go to their website, hatads.org.uk. That's hatads.org.uk.